I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast. The escape pod doors are shut, life support systems are on, and rear deflector shields are at full capacity. Sit back, relax, and we'll be jettisoned back to Mapuzo shortly. My name is Nate the Force Ghost, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Bounty Hunter Brucker. And we'll be locked in the (laughs) escape pod for about an hour, so while you're here, go ahead and listen to the episode, share it with friends, rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Blue Milk Drop, subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe, and we'll be making our descent shortly. Uh, That being said, again, my name is Nate, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brucker, how you doing? Nate. If anyone asks, we're podcasters from Tall on Mission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good on the spot. I like that. Rucker's oh, always ready, y'all. <laughs> yes, I always try to think of something stupid and clever. But hey, so happy to be here. This was a fantastic episode of Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, what a great piece of Star Wars media. I'm so happy about it. As Brucker alluded to, we'll be geeking over part three of the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. Uh, that is just now out. Brucker, in a word, just give me one reaction to this episode. Vader. <laughs> <laughs> That's my word. <laughs> uh, okay, well, here's how this episode's going to go down. We're just going to jump right into it. Uh, we got some show details we're going to cover. Uh, initial reactions, general discussion, things that stuck out, things of that nature. Um, we're going to try to predict the next episode. We're going to give our Death Star episode rating, and then we're going to close out the show. Let's go ahead and just jump into it. The release date for part three was Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. Uh, the official runtime was about 45 minutes, written by Joby Harold, directed by Deborah Chow. The stars in this one, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Moses Ingram, Vivian Lyra Blair, Indira Varma, Zach Braff, the guy from Scrubs. What a crazy, crazy cameo. Random. Oh Did you? I didn't recognize him at first until someone no, said it. No, I so, didn't. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, James Earl Jones. The man, the voice, the legend himself. The computer. <laughs> <laughs> and here is our episode summary. After arriving on the mining planet of Mapuzo, Obi-Wan Kenobi suspects that they've been double-crossed. But little Leia Organa thinks otherwise. Against their better judgment, they're picked up by a local miner and are turned over to the Empire swiftly. (laughs) After a testy escape, the pair learned that they weren't double-crossed after all and learned of an underground underground railroad to get quote-unquote fugitives like them to safety. Except (laughs) escape isn't imminent and our friends run into the single most dangerous force in the galaxy. Dot, dot, dot. Vader. So, Great let's recap. go ahead and get into it. Thank you, thank you. I feel like we need a little refresher just to reset our minds. This is what we're talking about right now. Oh, yeah. But let's get into our initial reactions. What did you think of this episode, general discussion? What stuck out? Tell me about it. Dude, this was a fantastic piece of Star Wars. I said that like two minutes ago, but this is probably one of my favorite episodes from any of the Star Wars shows we've gotten. This was just this was fantastic. This felt like such a blend of so many familiar things. And it was so cool to see that here. And 
it's time like this, it's times like this, I wish that you could go into the theater and just watch streaming shows on the big screen. Because yeah. could you imagine this episode specifically on the big screen? It would have been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Particularly the end, like with mm-hmm. the, the, the matchup against Vader. Actually, there was, um, I was on Twitter and Ty, the guy who did our art, he actually said it, he made a really good point about like the TV shows during this period between episodes three and four. It's like they've got like the style and like the qualities with, that we enjoyed from the prequels, but it's also got the heart of the original trilogy in it. And you really do feel like a, a perfect blend of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think it's a very accurate way to describe it. Because mm-hmm. it's like we got we get world building again. Because, I mean, the original trilogy we saw maybe like, you know, like a handful of planets, but the prequels really really expanded this full universe into something and now we're seeing all these crazy things and we're seeing like a lot of even parallels to our own world right that we're seeing in this show and it's funny it's like funny to see because i'm like wow it really it really do be like that you know it really do be (laughs) like that no but no that's a really good point that you and ty you know brought up because about the expanding the galaxy because three episodes four planets i mean that's awesome Mm -hmm. and i i know we talked about this during book of boba fett's and maybe our trailer reaction, but I was so worried that we were going to be stuck on Tatooine for a whole nother season of something. Yeah, and, you know, we all love Tatooine. It's, it's the Star Wars mecca, you know, of course, but we want to travel and explore. And this show has been so cool about the world building and everything. And we get to, mm-hmm. well, it's not just like the environments that are cool to look at. And it's like, oh, this is so different from what we were just at. You also get kind of a sense of, the people there like what's going on there and like what's different about that planet like kind of culturally or at least yeah. there's like what's going on there politically i mean it was uh, i don't know if we harped on it enough but like seeing alderan was amazing mm-hmm. in the first episode and it was really cool just to get some of that star wars political stuff i know that like some people roll their eyes at but i think it's interesting now that I'm, no, I mean it's really the best older. part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah okay. and like seeing Bail Organa trying to fight for ending slavery, and he's kind of the minority in that opinion. It seems that with the other politicians, because they kind of like really shut him down on that. And then mm-hmm. when we get to uh, what was the name of this planet in this one? Mapuzo. Mapuzo, yeah. and we see Freck. Like great name by the way love the name freck <laughs> as a star wars character yeah and we're seeing you know he kind of has that ideology of like you know he he likes the empire because there's nothing wrong with a little order you know mm-hmm. uh, and i don't know it was just kind of cool to like get these like different perspectives on people and everything yeah i loved it yeah i think the best the best part of freck which i thought his name was fred and that completely threw me off because he's he looks like a mole and then he's <laughs> <laughs> name was fred and then he's got freaking like political bumper stickers in the back of his truck and i was like oh my god this is so obvious like what they're talking about you know it is and didn't it look like a handmade flag too yes like, like he spray painted it <laughs> yep oh my god and his rinky dink truck that was funny it was funny because he's like such a friendly guy, and then he like is whispering to Stormtrooper, who's like he very like very clearly trusts, and he's just I like picked up I, some strays. Yeah, I thought yeah. you guys might want to take a look at these guys. They don't look right. <laughs> yes, in speaking. Okay, this is turning to a Freck stand podcast here, but like 
I love the creature design too. He had a little like nose fingers and everything. Yeah. Well, that's how they look. That's how they look. It's crazy. Do you know what the species name is? I have no idea. This is the first time I've seen anything like this. But I do like when Star Wars just takes like real animals in our world and just makes them aliens. You know what I mean? Just like Mm -hmm. anthropomorphic versions of, of our animals. It's the greatest thing so i'm looking on wikipedia right now and it doesn't look like there's a name for it yet it just says male alien (laughs) (laughs) that's it they're like we haven't come up with this one yet very cool i I love getting all all the new stuff that's in it Mm -hmm. um and okay i'm gonna like pause i'm gonna put a little pin in the freck talk (laughs) from, from when when we get there but there is something that i kind of failed to mention or kind of really talk about in our last episode uh just because we had so much stuff to talk about and you know some stuff went through the cracks a little bit but mm-hmm. two two interesting things i wanted to bring up with you and one is deborah chow is knocking this out of the park so far i feel like amazing and yeah you could really tell that this was originally supposed to be a movie i think um how so well just like it feels super big like it feels like super cinematic and everything and Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've realized this but it kind of glossed over me the first time but the the credits for this there are the blue font lettering with like the starry background which is which is what we get in the movies not in the mandalorian credits because you know the mandalorian Mandalorian credits credits it's like the it's the um it's the the artwork and it's just like the music of oh. like you know the mando show but like this is this is like it's it's giving us the ending of like how like the movies end too and i was like oh wow it's, it's like so there, it feels like that they are it feels like lucasfilm is putting a lot of stock into this and that like they feel like that this is something big mm-hmm. um and i don't know it it just and they obviously adjusted the whole story and everything to fit for a TV show. And I think Deborah Chow was such a great, it was such a great hire for this because besides killing it and, and Mando, she, her, I don't know what shows that she worked on, but like that is her history. Like she has worked in TV, not necessarily film. So I feel like she really gets how to successfully make this like a TV show, but like still feel important. You know, it feels like bigger than a TV mm-hmm. show at times. Um, it does it does yeah yeah she's just doing everyone in this is doing such a good job um but i learned something about what the viewing experience was like for the people at star wars celebration versus everyone at home and i'm I'm excited for this you teased this to me and i'm i I teased this and i find this interesting (laughs) that they wouldn't show this at celebration but you remember that like four minute prequel recap we got for yeah they did not show that a celebration. Apparently, that it, really? it just went straight into the Order sixty six scene. Oh my goodness! Which I feel like that's not that is like necessary, but it really like sets the emotion and the tone and like what this is kind of going to be about. And it, like it's kind of like a little like hype, you know, a little like hype hype man for for the show. I think so. Yeah, um, seriously. I don't know if that like affects your perspective on the show greatly, but I found that interesting that they didn't show that at celebration. I think it does, actually, because it really, I mean, it set the tone for, I guess, the relationships that we're going to be seeing in this show. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like it showed Anakin as a young child and then progressing through the movies. And I was like, OK, so this is we're going to get like the full aspect of the relationship probably captured in this show. 
And I feel like if you just jumped right into it at Celebration, I don't know, that feels like, I feel like they missed out on something. Although they did get to see all the cool stuff, all the actors and stuff there on that day. Yeah. But I feel like that did kind of take away. But I guess if you're going to Celebration, you probably did a rewatch of all the movies anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably the thing. If you're so hardcore, you're going to Celebration, you've already prepared for Celebration. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it, I'm pretty sure they're like, right, everyone here already knows everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Plus, can you imagine if they started with all like the little clips and stuff at Celebration in the crowd and like a big watching room, all the screaming and cheering that people would be doing like throughout oh each my thing. Gosh. And then it would probably like flow into the show and be a distraction. Whereas, I don't know. Now I'm just yeah. rationalizing the whole thing in my head. Sorry, you go ahead. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I just found that to be really interesting that. That, that, that I found that to be like an odd decision, and I wonder if like the guy who, or the person that edited that four minute, you know, masterpiece was just like, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all cut that out. That's my that took. I worked weeks. on that. <laughs> <laughs> that oh my guy. god! But um, yeah, man, uh, I'm really excited to get into this episode, and I feel like there were so many yeah. things here. Uh, what. First off, you know, just what about this episode really stuck out to you? I don't know if I really have we heard your thoughts on this episode yet. Besides you saying you like it, like what? what where are you at? I've been doing a lot of talking. <laughs> no, you you went off on your thing and you were you're enjoying yourself, but I didn't want to cut you off. Um, I thought this episode was just absolutely fantastic. Um, I loved all of the, uh, I don't know. I just I loved the planets that we saw. I mean, it was just the one planet, right? Hmm. I my one of my favorite little scenes that I thought we were gonna get more of was um of like the hating Christensen just kind of standing off in the distance and just kind of haunting Obi Wan Kenobi a little bit. God, it's so good. And that's kind of what that I guess that's what I thought we would be seeing more of. And then now that we finally got it, I was like, okay, now now things are starting to come out. I didn't expect this episode to 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 develop as fast as it did. Um, mm. like particularly with the ending, uh, and Kenobi and the Vader showdown. Um, but I mean, it it was set up perfectly, and I I really enjoyed it. And I mean, we got some gruesome parts in this too. Like probably w- one scene in particular that was just completely glossed over that <laughs> shocked me to my core more so than the ending. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed myself. I think this is fantastic. The whole time we were talking about parts one and two together, I wanted to talk about this one. Same. So <laughs> it's good that we're finally, <laughs> we were here to talk about it and we're caught up, you know, there's not another one that we're trying to like cut out of our, our regular speech. Um, yeah. We're not doing mental gymnastics of yes. <laughs> <laughs> what we've seen and what we have to talk about. Yeah, um, exactly. But I'm so happy you brought up the like Hayden Christensen part of this and how we see like that apparition of him in the distance in the field because it is haunting and it, it it's unsettling honestly like they Deborah Chow is doing such a great job at framing Vader and Anakin to be a scary person and like yeah. that was that was so chilling just seeing him off in the distance and like you know I, I love horror and it was like such a good example of a daytime horror and it's just mm-hmm. like oh my god it's it's so good i i really loved i loved all of that and you talked about uh being surprised that we're not getting like more of that or at least up until this point we haven't gotten more of it mm-hmm. and i think it's just a testament to how much restraint that they have 
for this show and i think it's working to their benefits um mm-hmm. and even like the the big vader kenobi sequence that we get at the end of this there's still an incredible amount of restraint in it because like if they wanted to they could have gone fall out right mm-hmm. with just like acrobatic stuff or having like obi-wan you know up to like fighting speed already again or whatever but they they took their time and it honestly it reminded me a lot of the luke vader fight on bespin in empire strikes back it reminded me a lot of that yeah like where one wasn't fully prepared for the battle and vader's obviously in practice so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really good and i was listening to i was listening to um I was listening to, to some other show, but they somebody brought up a really good point about this fight and how how they saw like a cool connection from this to the 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 best spin fight with Luke because mm-hmm. Vader says to Luke like Obi Wan has trained you well like you you have fear but you don't use it and you can see Obi Wan learn that lesson here because you can see he is terrified yeah. in this in this fight sequence and everything like he is just. He he's frightened so so badly, and I, it, it's just so great. I just loved I loved everything about this. And Vader <laughs> is terrifying in this in this episode, and mm-hmm. everything that Disney's done with him with Rogue One, this the comics, he is a villain. He is freaking terrifying, and I am so here for it. Yeah, it's interesting how they're what you're talking about, how they're portraying him as just like straight up villain. Cause I feel like they're kind of taking a different tone in the comics and the books and stuff. Cause like in the comics, obviously, you know, you're able to get into their mind. Like you've got like thought bubbles and stuff talking about like the internal monologue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we get a lot more of that. And I feel like what they're doing in the comics is, yeah, they're showing all of like, <clears throat> the dark sides of him or he's a killer and all this stuff but he, they're also like laying easter eggs just to be like this is why he eventually turned to the light you know just breadcrumbs just drag dragging you along and you know where it's going obviously you know if you're reading the comic you've you've seen the movies but they're not doing that in this show <laughs> no, no <laughs> not even not. not even a little bit not even little breadcrumbs no like hesitations it's just i'm just gonna walk by snap this guy's neck and Oh my god! And then keep walking like that was crazy, dude. That was, <laughs> I was just, like, whoa! Just everything I've ever wanted. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a good point because I didn't actually think about it that way. Because like in the books and the comics, they do. You're right because he's portrayed a little bit. He's still a villain in those, uh, in the books and the comics. But you kind of sympathize with him a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I think was it because like you kind of see how like the the dynamic between him and Palpatine is yeah. and you kind of see how manipulative palpatine is so i wonder that's why we haven't seen any palpatine at all yeah. in any of these star wars things besides like rise of skywalker but any like this disney stuff that's uh live action mm-hmm. and i wonder that's because then you'll kind of maybe sympathize with vader a little bit and they just don't want that for the show no. they want you to be like no he is the bad dude yeah yeah that makes complete sense yeah, it makes me wonder gonna... if we ever will see Palpatine in these shows. That would be so in cool. In these shows, I feel like it's more of like a. Well, okay. I think <laughs> I was about to say something, thinking that uh, this was like a original thought, and I'm literally just repeating what Ian McDermott had said during Star Wars Celebration. What do you say <laughs> about Sidious? He so somebody asked him the question of, um, "Will there be 
will Darth Sidious be in this TV show? TV show, and Ian's response was pretty much, and this is the guy who plays Palpatine for those who don't know. He was saying like, just like in every other every element of Star Wars, there's Darth Sidious is always there, right? He's always watching. He's always planning. He always is is aware of what's going on, and he's never not prepared. So that's that's more like the presence you're supposed to be feeling with with Sidious is like now he's not going to actually be in the show, but like his presence will be felt. And that's yeah, that's the gist. Interesting. I like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, eh, I kind of want to see Sidious. I feel like we'd see him at the end or something. Some sort of what did you learn, Vader? You know, <laughs> did you yeah. did you kill your master? Yeah, that, yeah, that would be cool. Sorry, I say that because in the comics, um, they they show a lot of Vader trying to overthrow Sidious. Like that's like a common thing. Like everything he's doing is like in an effort to usurp his master, right? And mm-hmm. then the in the end, they always have a talk, like a sit down talk, and they're like, "Invaded Sidious is always like, what did you learn from this? Did you realize that I I put you in the situation to want to take over, and because you passed." Like you get to continue to be my apprentice or something like that. They always have like these one on ones, and um, so that's where that's where I was kind of hinting okay. towards just then. No, it's it's really cool stuff. I kind of do hope that we get some Palpatine eventually, but um, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm going to trust whatever that that they decide to do. I'm cool. Either way, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So surprisingly enough, Vader walking through snapping people's necks and um letting people know that they're not actually hiding from him wasn't the scariest or like most shocking scene for me in this whole thing the most shopping shocking thing for me was whenever obi-wan leia obi-wan and leia are fighting against the stormtroopers at the gate and the stormtrooper falls (laughs) and is split clean in half i don't know have it's we? So I mean, we've seen guys get like decapitated, cut in half like that, but that one just felt dark, man. And then now it's a meme. <laughs> you it know? is a meme. I haven't it's seen that. It's a meme. Yeah, because it's like the the laser bridge or laser mm-hmm. laser wall is something people are arguing over, and then each half of the body is like a different side of an argument, and that's oh like just. I know <laughs> it's messed up, but it just felt so like whoa. And then they lingered on the shot. While they did mm-hmm. it, like the overhead shot, and I was like, "This is this is dark." Okay, they're they're taking this in a different direction. Even like with the small like stormtrooper being killed, like we see stormtroopers being killed all the time, but this one was gruesome in particular. It was it it felt close to when Ray and Kylo threw one of the uh, Imperial guards into that like oh bl- to that blender looking thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> Does there Snoke's meat processor? <laughs> He's like, I've been really into deli meats lately. <laughs> I like oh, to keep it close. I need my thin slicely my my thinly sliced meat for my sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's boss head. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um but okay, so so you mentioned that it, it's just like an awesome like Deborah Chow flair because Mm-hmm. You know, in, in in the gallery stuff, she always talks about how much she loves just killing stormtroopers and like. Very oh, really? Ways. <laughs> yeah, like you know, because like you know, in that Mando episode, she you know, we got several different types of ways that Mando murdered stormtroopers in there, from like the flamethrower, his whistling mm-hmm. birds, 
um, and, and a few other things. So yeah, it's, I just love how she's just like, let's get really creative and like show people what they haven't seen before in terms mm-hmm. of like violence. It's so good. But um, I guess it's like backtracking a little bit uh, before this, um, this action piece. Uh, I loved all of this stuff with Kenobi and Leia uh, getting on Freck's pickup truck. And, mm. you know, they get the stormtroopers. You get like this really like tense moment with them. And Kenobi like messes up and calls uh Leia her real name said Aluma and mm-hmm. it all this was really good and what I found interesting about how this episode opened and everything is just that you see how irritable K- Kenobi is like he has yeah. very little patience with Leia and like he kind of <laughs> just outbursts and like yells at her and because she was asking like why would because Kenobi isn't trusting Haja the the fake Jedi from the mm-hmm. last episode about like where they're going and Kenobi's just very suspicious about it and leia's like well why would he want to do that like why would he trick us and kenobi just lashes out at her because because not everyone's good leia and he just like freaks out on her mm-hmm. and you just tell he is he's he's a completely i don't say completely but he is kind of a different person right now and he you know he has very little patience and he's very irritable and he's just kind of angry and you mm-hmm. can tell he's not used to dealing with kids uh, at least he hasn't had to deal with younglings in a very long time yeah and he's like i don't know i just found that really interesting to see i found it cool that we're not seeing just like a perfect father figure throughout this whole show we we do see him lash out and stuff so i found just all this to be very interesting yeah so here's a here's an interesting thing to kind of add to that because you bring up a really good point there was and this is not my thought this i read this on reddit and um i wish I wish I like took the person's name down. Otherwise, I would give him credit. But it's somewhere on Reddit. I think it's on like this Star Wars speculation uh, subreddit. But anyways, this guy was saying that it's like his his bold predi- his prediction that not only did Anakin die on Mustafar where where Vader was born, but Obi Wan Kenobi died on Mustafar as well. Um, and Ben Ben Kenobi was born because right, his whole world was torn apart. He had to kill his friend, pupil, and colleague at the same time and do something like he, you know, he never would have wanted to do in the first place. And, and when he left that planet, he just was never the same. And which is why he, you know, started going by Ben is hidden. And then we see the fear in him, right. In this TV show that he's just not at all the same person he was before. So I thought that was interesting. And then it kind of like ties into when uh, someone refers to him as Obi-Wan Kenobi in the, in a new hope. And he's like, wow, it's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Cause that person's dead to him. It's not even the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. he's just been in isolation, I guess, for another ten, nine, nine or ten years mm-hmm. after this. So, uh, I'm, I'm. That's gonna be cool to see how this season wraps up with like him just going back into being a hermit and everything. I think that's gonna be like really cool to see, like yeah. what what mindset he's in and like just because he obviously picks back up that alias of Ben. Mm-hmm. And so, so that'd be kind of cool to see where that goes. And I wonder if we get more of like him and Uncle Owen and Luke in this. I wonder if we get any more Luke at all. If like if we've seen the the extent that we're going to get out of them out of this show. I wonder if we're done with them. Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, there are a lot of comics that, that are canon comics now that mm-hmm. cover Obi Wan protecting Luke as a child. So I feel like they might not touch it on that in the show because this probably is leia's opportunity um to get some shine and and get some like 
screen time with him because this is another thing I saw that I didn't really I didn't really think of before. But like the the act of Leia and Han naming um, Kylo Ren like Ben, that was always something that I was like, oh, that's weird. I feel like Luke's kid would have done that, but I guess he didn't have a kid, so he didn't have the chance to do it. So she did it. And that was like what I said in my head. But in now that we're seeing this show, I'm like, okay, so she actually does have like some sort of relationship with him because he saved her life, right? And mm-hmm. that's where that's coming from. That's a so, very cool point. Right? That's That wasn't me again. This is Reddit. <laughs> Reddit, <laughs> so. Reddit's popping off right now. So yeah. It's, <laughs> Reddit it's is tough. popping off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, no, that, that's a super cool point. I just wonder how they're going to reconcile with like her not really acting like i mean again we we can't i've seen like there's been a lot of discussion about canon and things all fitting with each other and mm-hmm. and I, I there's been like this discussion of like okay well george lucas was making these movies on the fly in 1977 so like yeah maybe we shouldn't be super uh strict about what was made 40 plus years ago and like try to like give ourselves a little bit of wiggle room to like update it just some and just like make it feel just like flesh it out a little bit more mm-hmm. um so i know like for some people that might be a kind of like a messy thing of like well how come she doesn't really acknowledge him or like their past at all really in this because she just addresses him as uh you know you served my father in the clone wars and everything and but not that like hey you, you saved me that one time. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but I've also heard things that kind of like counter that, saying like, "Well, she's a you know a political figure and like a daughter of a senator and everything. She was probably kidnapped all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this was just like one of those other times, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just nothing crazy, nothing new to her. Yeah, that's funny. Well, uh, on the topic of of kidnapping, let's talk about. I kind of want to talk about this. Quinlan Voss drop that we got. Um, <gasps> yes, this whole Underground Railroad system. Yeah, so yeah. Interesting. So cool. I thought it was it, it was the coolest thing because I mean I wasn't expecting her right to be the person mm-hmm. who eventually like saves them from Freck. Seeing their little like the back the back room in her like tool shed and how everyone's been writing on the walls and how Obi Wan was able to just read a quote and it was a quote that Quinlan Voss had said to him. And he reckoned like Quinlan was here. Like that's that's a huge thing. And just hearing about his involvement, like, do you think we're gonna get him in this show, or do you think he was just a name drop for a future story? I don't know. I really <laughs> want Quinlan. Didn't you predict that we would get Quinlan in this in our trailer reaction? In our trailer reaction, yeah. I thought Dude. I thought he would do what the Jedi in the beginning did. I thought he was gonna mess up because he's kind of a rebel. Um but I like his role much better now in this show. So. That, that was a very fun thing. And I didn't really know that him and Kenobi had much of a pass together mm-hmm. at all. Because I've read Dark Disciple. And uh, that's pretty much my, the extent of my history with Quinlan Boss. So was, was he in the Clone Wars? He, yeah, he was. Um, he had like a, an, a story arc between the two of them. Uh, you want me to get into it or? Sure. Sure. Okay. So what? So Dark Disciple is canon, by the way. That is legit. Confirmed it on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but the past. So everything else I'm saying about Quinlan is legends, and um, 
And I'll clarify if it came from Clone Wars because that's that's canon as well. But anyway, so the background on on Quinlan Boss's character is that he is like the rebel Jedi. He's probably closer to Anakin than anything. Um, he pretty much thinks for himself. He does all the bad things. Um, and he's got a really, really bad reputation in the Jedi Order. And for something that, for a mission that he had. So one of his missions early on in the Clone Wars was to, and this is Legends, one of his early missions was to infiltrate um, the Separatists that mm. uh, Clone Dooku was leading, or Clone Dooku, Count Dooku was leading, and to assassinate Count Dooku. So he went through all these struggles of turning over to the dark side, but still trying to like be a Jedi. Um, and he had to kill a lot of people that um, were like near and dear to him just mm. to gain Dooku's trust to get close enough to him. And then when he tried to assassinate him, um, he eventually couldn't. No, he let him go. He let him go because if he was going to assassinate him, that would have fully put him over to the dark side. So mm. he went back to the Jedi and they like they didn't believe him that he, you know, was wanting to be a Jedi again. It was like this big struggle. Um, so that's that's kind of like the perception that everybody has. So even though it happened in Legends, the perception of him remained the same in canon uh, whenever he's interacting with Kenobi because Kenobi's always just like, can I trust this guy? Like, why, why am I on a mission with him? Like he shouldn't even be on missions. Like he, he should be in the temple, not doing anything and people need to be keeping an eye on him. Like that's how mm. Obi-Wan views him. Like he's not, he doesn't view him as responsible or anything. He doesn't respect him as a Jedi. And it's not until they have um, a mission together to save. Um, ooh, I forget what they were doing. But they face off against Cad Bane, and they've got really good. They're both really good at combat, and um, Obi Wan just finds out like, oh, he's actually not a bad guy. You know, he's not a, a he's a trash person that we all think he is, and he actually can do some good, and he's actually pretty pretty nifty on the spot. Um, again, very similar to Anakin, just thinking on the fly and stuff. The thing the the thing that's cool about Quinlan being in the show, and then them talking about how he's the guy who's been looking for younglings and leading them on this underground railroad to safety is actually like pretty spot on because Quinlan's whole thing, his force power, like his special force power, like he's a good fighter, but his force power is he can touch things and know the history of that item, like who touched it, what happened when they touched it. And with that, he's a really good detective and he always knows what's going on. And it's, I think it's called like psychometry or something. And that's his force power. So him being a tracker is just, it's huge. And it, completely fits in perfectly to this show so i fingers crossed i hope we get him he'd be a fantastic character to see and he's got a lot of depth to him um already That's established really cool. so yeah and with him being a tracker that would like fit in perfectly with this whole underground railroad system that they got going on because i i could see it to where like he like, he is like going out on missions to track down other Jedi or younglings just to get them to safety, which would be a very cool Star Wars show. I would watch yeah. just Quinlan Voss going on these missions, these like, you know, mission of the day ty- type of episodes where he's just tracking down. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the opposite of the Inquisitors, right? It's like he's yeah. tracking down Jedi, but to save them, that would yeah. be. And he has run-ins with the Inquisitor. Oh, my <laughs> God. You know what? Oh. You know, what would be even cooler. So we see Quinlan Voss in the movies. He is in episode <laughs> one, right? And he is yeah. actually on Tatooine with everyone. What are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing because like, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It is just, yeah. go on, I'm sorry. So aside from trying to assassinate Dooku, his, 
his like tracking skills were used in the underground world of like bounty hunters and stuff. So he would infiltrate, you know, the ooh, the gangs. I forget the word for them. The syndicates, the huts. right? The oh, huts. Oh, well, the syndicates. Yeah, he was he was uh, chasing down a hut when he was on Tatooine, and he had to remain uh, undercover. But mm-hmm. he saw Kenobi and, and Qui Gon uh, there while he was there. Mm-hmm. So it's cool, and it's just perfect because he's probably got this huge underground network that he's already established from past missions and like a rapport built out with all these people. So like a Quinlan Voss show would be so good and it would be so gritty, you know, nothing clean, nothing pretty that we're seeing. No, no Alderons. We're getting strictly like villainy and scum. We're getting more Dayu, right? We're getting <sighs> now Hutta. We're getting all the crazy stuff. So it's going to be, it would be crazy. And if they, mm, there's a, there's just a lot of opportunity, and if I'm Disney, I see dollar signs. That's it. <laughs> I just I just need like a training day like movie, but with Quinlan Voss. <laughs> <laughs> he That's just awesome. like walks into the cantina with like, and he gets like a the biggest glass of blue milk. He's like, "Damn, I'm thirsty." <laughs> like I just need that so badly. Um, but uh, awesome, dude. You're 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 so smart. You have you're just like this encyclopedia of Star Wars stuff. I love thank all you, that. Thank you. Um, so while we're here at the little like droid compound that you know is like the exit point for this underground railroad system, I kind of want to talk about. I love this droid Ned, uh, Ned B, and he's just like this nonverbal droid who mm-hmm. I just love when the stormtroopers come through and are searching the premises. He he has like that that hammer behind his back. You can just tell <laughs> death gripping that thing. He's like, he, I'm about yeah, to smash it, your head in. <laughs> like he has no like this droid doesn't have anything really to like do like facial expressions or convey emotion. But you just you just, you can just tell this droid has this thousand yard stare, and he's just you can just tell like he's just like soulless. He's just gone. Whatever sort of you know soul a droid used to have, he no longer has, and he's just mm-hmm. like. I'm going to have to bash in these brains. And yeah. He's just like, I'm going to do it. He's just like, I'm going to do it. He's just like a droid on the edge. I, I, <laughs> I just love this character. It was so funny. <laughs> I just loved all of that. Dude. It's funny that you thought that because the whole time I was watching him, what I got was he was just, he seemed so quirky and like he had a ton of personality, but he wasn't able to convey it. And like he would do it through his body acting. Cause I thought the body acting was really good. Yeah. Cause the, even the stormtrooper was trying to look him in the eye and he just looks up. He's like, nope. <laughs> Dude, You're not going to let I, you goat me into this. I seriously this. think that this Ned B has seen some stuff. Like, I think, oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is just kind of like his desk job, you know, for it, for a droid. <laughs> you know what? We're going to get you away from all the people. You've seen way too much, but you're too, you're too strong and too mm-hmm. valuable for us to just not use you. So we're going to put you in the facility where there's only other droids and it's self automated. So you don't yeah. have to like, interact with people at all. Yeah, and I just I I'm just fascinated with Ned B. Great character, great yeah, droid. He just does skull crushing as freelance work, just on the side. <laughs> <laughs> skull crushing. Oh my gosh! But um, so I liked I liked all of this. Um, th- th- this was all very cool. Um, mm-hmm. looking at my notes here to see. Oh, we kind of glossed over uh Reva in this. So uh, yeah, I love that we get the Inquisitor like headquarters water planet thing in this that i've seen in fallen order mm-hmm. uh do you know 
if there is a name for this planet or where it is that they're at. Um, if there is, I I don't know it. I do not. I only I only watched the Fallen Order cutscenes. I didn't play the game like you, so <laughs> I wasn't. I'm not fully into it. Into it. Fortress Inquisitoris is a heavily armed underwater stronghold located on the moon Nur. N U R. Nur. Nur. Okay. Um, cool. Weird. Weird. I thought it'd be something a little bit more flashy than that, but okay. Um, <laughs> but no, I loved all of this. You know, her just walking through, and she walks into that kind of like little conference room that the inquisitors have. And she's like trying to, you know, she's trying to immediately start calling the shots and everything. And is it, is it the second brother or the fifth, fifth brother? brother. The fifth brother, fifth brother, the Hey Arnold looking dude. Uh, he, <laughs> he is like immediately angry at her that like, she's like already talked to Vader without him. And he's like surprised by that. And mm-hmm. he is just like, no, that seat of Grand Inquisitor is mine. And I love this infighting that we're getting with all of them. It's so Sithy. I love it. It is so Sithy, yeah. Oh, everybody just trying to trounce the other. Um, mm-hmm. There was uh, something also about that scene. Again, did not catch this. This was on Twitter. While I was going through my Twitter rampage. But somebody caught. Did you see the background of all like the little doodads along the wall? The doodads? It- yeah where were we at this is in the conference room so they apparently there's like uh and i looked at it it seems legit but they've got like the you know like the helmets that the padawans wear they've got those kind of laid out they've got a bunch of like lightsabers laid out as well and people were speculating it's either like yeah right like prizes of their of their conquests and i thought that was just like the craziest thing is it prizes or are they just like theirs is it yeah is it theirs it's just like their past life Ooh, Ooh. i really hope that we get some answers for reva and this about like who she is and everything mm-hmm. what her motivations are because i don't know if i'm fully convinced that she just wants to be like the best grand inquisitor whatever yeah. i i almost wonder if she is kind of like a sleeper cell in in in, in the oh you Empire. think she's undercover I wonder, and like, I wonder if she's undercover, and the whole reason why she's been looking for Kenobi is to get Kenobi close to Vader, because maybe she thinks that he could take him out. Oh, uh, okay. I because that, or I wonder if like she is trying to be bad or whatever, but like, just obviously some conflict in her, and I wonder if we'll see Kenobi redeem her and bring her back to the light in this show which would be cool honestly because that'd be like a kind kind of cool like a little redemption thing for himself that maybe that's like the arc he needs that he could see that he could still save other dark force users and like maybe that like gives him hope for eventually maybe he could get to anakin through Luke or something yeah i feel like they kind of gave us some easter eggs supporting what you just said because I think when Ooh, she was spill the beans, tell me, man. Well, it was whenever she was in that room with all the writings on the wall from all the different Jedi and stuff that have been in there. Um, I think she like looked at a Jedi symbol and she kind of got emotional for a second. Do you remember that? It was just mm-hmm. like a quick, quick moment. But she was also just like, <gasps> no, mm-hmm. you know, like she said, like, I got to forget that. That seems legit. I, <laughs> I like what you what you're thinking. I like where your head's at. But, I just sorry. thought of a crazy or theory. It's it's. I don't know if it makes sense, but just like, let, let me, let's let Talk me, it out. when, if, when, if she is like a sleeper cell and she is wanting to take down Vader, but she's doing like the opposite of what Kenobi's doing. Cause it's interesting that she knows that Darth Vader's Anakin. We've 
we've talked about that that that's very odd and strange so i wonder if she also knows about padme and luke and leia and i wonder if like maybe she's wanting to find leia kidnap leia to train her because she maybe she knows how strong in the force anakin's uh, progeny would be and that's why she's like wanting to find them to train them to like help take kind of like what like anakin's want kind of what darth vader later does try to do with luke and empire tries to recruit him to take over palpatine wonder like maybe she's trying to do that with leia that's like a huge like Ooh. crazy theory but like highly unlikely but i wonder if like that's anywhere there i could see that that would be in oh man that would be interesting i'm thinking about it now i'm like making those scenes in my head i like that <laughs> that's a dope theory that's a dope theory completely tinfoil hat but you know that's why you listen to the show is for the crazy oddball stuff right but <laughs> yeah that was very off the wall but i like it i like it thank you thank you so do you want to finally get to like just vader entering the episode and him going through he's just like force choking and force neck breaking all these mm-hmm. people in the streets it's just amazing and this fight is so good i loved it's the whole scene is practically just illuminated by their mm-hmm. lightsabers in vader's chess piece it's so good it's terrifying and i love the exchange that they have um vader has this really awesome line I'm looking at my notes here obi-wan says to him what have you become and vader replies I am what you made me. And it's just like, ooh. It's just so good. I love that we're and that finally did not, getting like... Sorry, go ahead. I was saying that didn't help with the trauma that Obi-Wan's been going through either. Oh, absolutely not. And this was just so graphic and like horrifying to see because I love that like Vader, he sets he sets a blaze like the, the ground with whatever it is that he, I don't know what he dropped, but you know, mm. The ground's on fire, and I love it. He drags Obi-Wan through this, and yeah. he's just like, your pain has just begun. And you can just tell this has been building up. And he's mm-hmm. just been, you know, in like, in his, in, he's having like those shower thoughts, like, man, if I were to see Obi-Wan Kenobi again, this is what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, not going to just give him some quick death. He's like, I'm going to make you suffer just how I'm suffering right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was dark. It's- it was so good. And I love we're seeing how powerful Vader is in this, you know, during mm-hmm. the whole fight scene. Because uh, in, I don't know if you notice Vader, he's using one hand the whole time that they're yeah. combating. It's, uh, and you can just tell Obi-Wan, he is scared. He, he feels like he's out of his league at, at this point. Mm-hmm. And he, this is probably true because he's probably out of practice because Vader's been, you know, going around killing Jedi. So he's just, you know, mm-hmm. He he's he's very well practiced at this point, well seasoned, and yeah. I think one of my favorite things was it's such a small little thing, but it's like when Vader's like hammering down on Obi Wan's lightsaber, and he like gets Obi Wan's lightsaber to burn his own shoulder, and yeah, uh, like you know they kind of come like they cross their lightsabers cross and just kind of like holding there for a second, and Vader just uses the force to push him, and which is to me I felt like something like an Obi Wan would have try to do as well back from revenge mm-hmm. of the sith but he's so out of i don't know it's just and visually the flames vader just standing in front of the fire and you see like the reflection in his eyes and the helmet is just i this is probably like one of the most like rewatchable pieces of star wars yeah. we've gotten in a very long time it's so good yeah i'm, I'm just geeking over it i'm so sorry i'm just gushing <laughs> no you're right good now. you're good i thought that part was great and i'm glad that that was like 
the full extent of the showdown that we got. I th- I really liked the lead up to it because again the neck snapping. But one of the things in particular was like when those people were hiding behind those boxes, and like he he like had to let them know you're not safe. Like you can hide, but I know you're there and you are not safe. And he just like rips mm-hmm. the boxes away, and that's that was itself was terrifying because it's like you. You will not get away. Like, I am here. You will live if I let you live, and I'm currently letting you live. And him just torturing people out in the middle of public. I didn't know if it was something where he sensed Obi-Wan and he was just trying to get him to to come out, or if he was just doing that just to, like, inspect the town. Like, that was his actual, like, let me see if he's actually here. I think, honestly, it's a little bit of both because... Because I love that moment we get where Obi Wan senses him, and you could just like you could just tell his heart like just sank to his stomach mm-hmm. at that point, and he's so wide eyed during that. But to your point, what Vader's intentions are here, I think it's a little bit of both to like in, to just incite um, fear and terror into also sensing Obi Wan because we do at the end of it see that he like senses him because he looks over the direction that he was just at. But um, I, I think it's also a good example of how palpatine in the empire uses vader you know he is their terror machine mm-hmm. he is he he's he's like the muscle he is he's there to just incite fear in everyone and to like and to show why you need to be fearful of the empire why you need to respect them or they're going to send vader on you and it's cool because it's it's kind of like showing how palpatine doesn't use vader for any like in- intellectual sort of like decision making or anything like that. He's like, he is a tool of mine to scare people to bend to my will. And like, this mm-hmm. was such a good example of that. It really was. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was a beautiful <laughs> scene. Oh man. Sorry. I was just picturing the whole thing while you're talking. Yeah. They're doing it right. Everything they're, they're doing, doing it with right. Vader, yeah. Everything they're doing with Vader. Just give us more. This is fantastic. You guys are killing it. I, I was, I was hesitant about an Obi-Wan Vader showdown, but after we got that little too. snippet, I was like, okay, I need this. <laughs> I need yeah, this. No, yeah, no. And I don't think that this, at least what we've gotten so far, doesn't diminish a new hope at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think if anything, it kind of adds to it because one, like, I love that we're getting all these answers about whether or not how Obi-Wan found out that Anakin is Darth Vader. And all of that, because Obi-Wan has that line to Vader in the Death Star in A New Hope, but he says, you're just a master of evil, Darth. I I think that this show is going to be about Obi-Wan accepting that Anakin is gone. Well, Mm -hmm. actually, I don't know. Anyways, I think, I actually don't know how I feel about what I just said, but uh, because I'm thinking, well, maybe he might still feel like that there's enough Anakin there worth saving. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I think that it's interesting that... uh, you know, you're a master of evil, Darth. And so I think it's cool that for context, Obi-Wan literally gets to see how much evil he does uh, firsthand and even fighting with him, how much anger and like Sith force essence that he feels during those moments. Um, I, I think, I, th- I think it kind of adds to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It really does. So where, with this scene that just happened, like, where do you think it's going to go next? Like, where, what do you think the, next episodes episode's gonna go with this so this episode ends on leia being captured by reva yeah and so it's obviously going to be so i wonder if we're not even going to get much of leia in the next mm-hmm. episode well we might get like little snippets of where she's being held captured and everything and it's gonna be more of 
Obi-Wan waking up, maybe in the back to tank after he got burnt. I don't know. But yeah. Obi-Wan healing and figuring out how to get to Leia, um, I guess. Or I wonder if they'll be on the run from the Empire. Like, because they're on the same planet, I think. I don't think we saw, like, Obi-Wan, like, get in a ship and actually leave. So I wonder if we're going to get, like, a little chase scene. Kind of like the opening of The Last Jedi. Um, that would be kind of cool if we get something like that. Interesting. Yeah. I, um, my th- my th- I guess my thoughts for this were... I don't really know. I I like what you're talking about, about picking it up where we left off. But I, I, my thoughts were that we're going to get Quinlan up in here and we're going to get a Jedi team that. up. <laughs> oh, Jedi team Quinlan up. has to help Obi-Wan to track help. down Leia. And use, oh, yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And have him and put his like full force powers on like full display, him touching stuff. And then us getting like some sort of flashback of things. and then. Ooh, I think it would even be a good opportunity for like, what if like Quinlan touches Obi-Wan or something or touches something of Obi-Wan's and then sees some sort of Clone Wars flashback to, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship some more. Like there's just a lot of opportunity for for what they can do with the character and then how the character can also like move along the show. And I think that it's just it's going to be great. And I and I suspect that O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, Ice Cube's kid is quinlan is, is in, he in the show he is yeah he hasn't come oh. out yet but his character is going to be in this next episode so that's where i'm kind of like ooh, supporting argument i want to see that yellow tattoo across his face so badly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be dope i don't know regardless how they do it, it's going to be awesome i think everything so far has just been fantastic so yeah this has been really good and I really love that Deborah Chow is direct, or at least so far has been directing everything so far. Cause I love mm-hmm. kind of seeing this singular vision. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it worked in Mando to have like the different directors. Cause I thought it all was, those episodes were good. Yeah. And that, that one was very much like adventure of the day type too. So it's, yeah. it's better to have different perspective, but this one is like a cohesive storyline. And um, apparently we're getting a season two. I don't know. Do we want to talk about that? I I saw some rumblings about that. I don't know if a credible official source has said that yet. Yeah. And I don't know how I would... I guess we'll just have to see how this season wraps, but I don't know how I feel about that for the whole thing of, like, Obi-Wan going back into hiding as Ben. Because mm-hmm. for everything we kind of talked about earlier with how he, you know, in A New Hope, talked about how he hasn't heard Obi-Wan Kenobi in a long time. So I don't know if yeah. it makes sense to have more seasons with him as out as... Obi Wan, so I don't know, but you know, we'll, we'll see how this wraps, and you mm-hmm. know, we'll see if there's room for stuff. Yeah, as much as much as I like it, I hope we don't do it. I just want one season. Just give us what you were intending to tell us, and then tell other stories. So that's mm-hmm. that's me. Yeah, I did see though a headline that Hayden Christensen said that if because in an interview he was asked asked this, but if they wanted to, if Lucasfilm wanted to do a Darth Vader kenobi spinoff series that he would be so open to doing that which i think i would really like that a lot i you don't think that's too much of a good thing i don't know dude i mean can can we honestly have too much vader i don't know like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i feel like the most memorable scenes are like the ones where vader's just sparse like the end of rogue one right where he's just slaughtering people and then the end of this episode where he is just beating the crap out of kenobi i feel like those are the memorable moments and if we get too much of that it's just like okay i get it he's bad you know 
<laughs> I don't know. I think, I mean, <laughs> You're like, I completely disagree. Yeah, yeah I think I, I just give it to me, man. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, do we want to do want to rate the episode? Yes. Um, I I'm having a really hard time with deciding where I want to put this one. I, I think I'm going to give it like a 4.25 Death Stars. We're the same. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We touched hands and we we, we sensed it. <laughs> Tuscan Raider. <laughs> like hands above the head. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. 4.25, 4, 4. I think that it's the highest so far for, for me uh, mm-hmm. on this. I, I like this one a lot. And it's honestly the Vader stuff pushes it over the edge. Yeah. Um, I still like part one, eight ton. I still like that one a lot. But mm-hmm. this one was really good. Yeah. For me, it was like four, and then we got Vader going through town, and it went up like 4.1. <laughs> and then <laughs> the teaser fight, it's like 4.2. And then that little mention of uh, Quinlan Boss in there went up another like 0.05, right? And that's how, <laughs> that's how my point system worked. It was very, it started at a four, basically, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, well. This was so much fun. I can't wait to watch part four. We're halfway through the se- the series now, which is kind of mm-hmm. sad. Very sad. But three more weeks or four more weeks of just, no, three more weeks. Of yeah. Fantastic, beautiful Star Wars. Everything we ever wanted. Yes. Oh, my God. This is, I, I'm, I'm just gushing. I don't have anything else to say. I love this. And uh, folks, you let us know how much you're liking this show. Tweet at us. Oh, I got to give you your little gift mission. Uh, send me your favorite. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, send me your favorite image of Mustafar. Whatever from that sequence, anything that we've gotten from Mustafar, just tweet at us a GIF or an image of no context Mustafar media. Send that to us, and um, I will thank you kindly. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see Mustafar. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's let's close out the show and. Uh everybody the time back i guess but it sounded like a meeting oh my god that sounded dude (laughs) shut the fuck shut up oh my gosh you can cut that out god all right everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode of blue milk drop Uh, please be sure to follow us on twitter instagram at blue milk drop let us know your thoughts share us with friends share us with family share us with any star wars fan you know or you're trying to get someone hooked on star wars send us their way um if you'd be so kind to leave us a five-star review on spotify and itunes we would love that Uh, and we will i don't think i'm i don't think i'm missing anything but we'll see you guys next time be sure to watch some good star wars i don't have send us those gifts send us those freaking gifts of mustafar okay i want to see vader's Mm -hmm. castle i want to see the lava lake send us anything about mustafar no context all right thanks guys bye bye may the force be with you will be with you always.